Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Your Money Life podcast, episode 187. I'm recording this week early, so if there's stuff that comes out during the week, probably won't see it in this podcast because I'm on vacation, somewhere tropical, enjoying my life, relaxing for a little bit. But I decided to drop some heat, um, as we do every week, to make sure we feed the streets, of course. But before we even get into it, make sure you like, subscribe, five-star rate, and review the podcast wherever you're listening. Um, if you're listening or watching on YouTube, make sure you hit the notification bell as well. What is everybody's plans? We're almost into fall. I was able to secure and procure people to be in our new league-created fantasy football league that is better than my old league, um, and I will be the commissioner of this league that will be thriving. Uh, some great people, great folks in there. We're talking trash already in the league, in our group, me, um, having a bit of fun. I think I predict I'm top one or two in the league. I just don't see not being in the, in the championship game. Um, I have a few people that are competitive in there, but the rest of the guys, some of them are new. Some of them are new. Some of them are medium tier. Some of them are novices. Um, so we'll see how it fares. We'll have some fun with it. Nonetheless, let's jump into it. There's not going to be a market update because again, we're recording this earlier. Um, but we're just going to dive into some interesting stories. And I wanted to tell people, the entrepreneurs out there, something to think about in the most simplest terms when they're starting their business. Tipping. What do people think about tipping? If you're seeing it, now they're asking you to tip. Let's say you go to Starbucks. They will ask you to tip on the tablet right away. People talk about tipflation. Is this a real thing? Do people feel like tipping has gone out of can, whether it's for a cup of coffee or if you're just buying something and leaving it, you got it yourself. Um, it's going to ask you to tip. Would you do it? Um, some people do. Some people, they don't need to. For the record, Experts say it isn't breaking any social rules when you, when you decide to tip or not. Um, again, if you're picking something up, not if you're being handed something or someone's going above and beyond just providing the the thing that you wanted. Um, so it's interesting story. I want to know what you all think out there on this tipflation thing. Um, we of course we want to protect and 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 respect hospitality service workers. But yeah, it's an interesting thing. I'm curious. You see it everywhere now. Um, so I'm really curious on that. A 25-year-old in London gets two months of vacation per year. She works in PR, not the ER. Um, so younger workers in America have a vacation problem. 35% of Gen Z workers in the US say they feel guilty when they won't don't work during their paid time off. Interesting. Do you feel guilty when you don't work during your paid time off? I don't know. I don't feel it. I think relaxing, taking a break is good for the soul, allows you to recuperate um, and then come back much, much ready, firm and ready to go. So what do you think? Is relaxing good for the soul, not good for the soul? Um, I want to hear your thoughts on that. Um, if you think relaxing is good for the soul or not. So ladies and gentlemen, before we even get into our big, big thing um, this week, which is entrepreneurs out there. I want you to listen up the entrepreneurs out there. When you're an entrepreneur, what are you doing? How are you providing a service? How are you finding clients? How you find customers, um, for your service? We'll focus on services because that's easier to articulate this, um, way we want to go about it. So first and foremost, if you are soliciting someone for your service, there has to be a way you do this, right? You have to figure out your ideal client profile. Who is your ideal client? 
Meaning if you're selling consulting, selling marketing consulting services, who is the ideal client? What industry do they work in that you want to be connected with? What do they what do they sell, right? What practice so that you know decently enough or not even know, but you know how to sell it. Um, so you figure out that, figure out your ideal client profile, get really specific as you can on that. And then of course, you're going to reach out to them. What are the methods or ways you can reach out to someone in this day and age? Back in the day, it used to be phone calls. Um, it used to be door knocking. I still know there's some advisors in the Midwest that still door knock door to door. Um, and to work at Edward Jones and one of those other, you know, unfortunate wirehouses. It's a door knock door to door or maybe a phone call. But nowadays, people use different avenues, social media, email. There's different ways to get in touch with someone. So think about which ways that you think is best for your services to get in touch. You're selling marketing service to a, um, small businesses. You would reach out to them via more likely email, potentially social media, and you're able to get in touch with them. Now, when you're getting in touch with them, what are you saying? What is your initial email? What are you saying to them? One, you have to, one, personalize the email towards them, right? Understand that you're personalizing the email towards them because you're reaching out to them and people similar to them, right? You don't want to have to look like it's just a mass email to a hundred million people that may or may not, you know, be good fit for the service, right? Because you are able to find people that have a problem that you can solve, So figure out the problem you could solve. The problem is that they don't know how to market themselves correctly to bring in more clients, to bring in more clients to to what they do. So when you're helping them with that, you tell them in the personalized email, a few steps, this is how it should look. It should look personalized email, a hello or whatever. It should be what you do, what the problem you solve for your folks and a call to action to meet with you when time permits on both ends. So again, a personalized email, the problem you solve for your folks and a call to action to meet with them. It shouldn't be long. I see a lot of people that make the mistake of like a long five paragraph email. No one is going to read that. When I get a solicitation email, I don't even read the first three, like I read three sentences and I close the email. No one is going to read a whole long sentence, five paragraph thing. has to be short. At most three to four, you know, three to four pointed sentences. And now if you think about it, you send like five or 10 of these and you're expecting five or 10 responses, you are not going to get that. You would have to, the volume that you need to send to your ideal client profile has to be in the hundreds, has to be a lot because you're only going to get maybe 40 to 50% of people open the email. You're only going to get, you know, three to 4% of people that respond. You're only going to get maybe one less than one or 2% positive responses of people that actually fit with they're in your ideal kind of profile. And they also have a problem that you can help them solve potentially that they would want to hear more or book a meeting. That's it. Super simplized. And people make it a lot bigger than it is that they have to get all this referral. They have to do all this stuff. No, you have to be able to build your business and build, you know, abilities to offer people things. And I don't give a lot of this alpha as they call it, a lot because again, I do this to to give knowledge because I've learned so much. Um, but you have to be able to do sort of things. So this is a service. There's different ways on products, and we'll probably possibly dive in that. I like talking about services because, of course, that's more up our alley and Nushi. We provide services to over almost over 460 households, tens and tens of millions of dollars that I'm managing for all these folks. So that's a little bit more about that. So I want to stop there, and we're gonna you know we'll dive more into that. 
as things go. But I think there's a lot of entrepreneurs out there, people are thinking about it or people are thinking about side hustling. That is crucial to understand a little bit more about actually selling your services. Question of the week, ladies and gentlemen, how much does lack of financial knowledge cost Americans annually in terms of money? Um, like I'm going to say annually. So doing it annually, it's going to be a billion. I would say, I would say, I would say anywhere over $600 million. Oh, I was close. $1,389 per person, which is in aggregate 352. Oh, I was, I said over 600 million. I thought that said billion, 352 billion annually. Holy 352 billion annually. Um, is how much is lost by Americans in lack of financial knowledge. Lucky for the folks that are listening to the Your Money Life podcast and for the folks that are new sheet advisors client, they've saved millions probably. We probably saved millions for people, I would assume. 100%, 100%. Thousands of families helped, millions of dollars invested, millions of dollars saved um, without a doubt. So folks, we are happy and grateful that you listened to this podcast this week. We will make sure to tap in with you when I'm back from vacation um, next week.